Praise the Lord. So we continue on with his commission, my mission. Amen. And today we'll be looking at standing, standing up for Jesus. Praise the Lord. Standing up for Jesus. I'm sure a lot, I'm sure most of us, something has, or thoughts, or maybe even images have gone through our minds when we hear that standing up for Jesus. What does that look like to us? Amen. And it's different to each and every one of us. But I pray that after today, we will truly make a decision to stand up for Jesus. But I must warn you, it's costly. It will cost you everything. Your reputation, your fame, your name, your friends, even family. It will cost you. But the good part is that when you take a stand for Jesus, it's the host of heaven that stands with you. Amen. You have the backing of the entire king of kings. Praise the Lord. And one, I remember, I think there's an author that once said, I'd rather stand for Jesus than stand with men and or bow for men. Amen. And that is what we see in the book of Acts. It is written through and through of how every disciple made a stand for Jesus. Amen. So this morning we'll be in chapter 5. I'll just give an overview of the first part uh, of chapter 5 of Acts. Acts chapter 5. Acts has been an interesting journey for me. It's, it's made me, um, it's made the book and the word of God come alive. Amen. I've experienced so far, even just from work, uh, where there's an opportunity for people to give their lives to the Lord. And you, you see hands are hesitant, probably in a chapel or in a prayer meeting. And just the boldness that the Lord gives you and say, walk to them and ask them, do they need help to be led to the Lord, to receive the Lord? And I can testify to the glory of God that in just the past week, I led two people to the Lord. Amen. So the field is ready. But are we ready to take that stand for Jesus and boldly follow people and share the word and ask them, do you need to receive Christ? Do you need Jesus? Amen. So in chapter 5, there's a famous story. And funny thing is that in chapter, Acts chapter 5, they'll tell you that it's all about Ananias and Sapphira. And the first thing that probably comes to our mind is that, oh yeah, they died because they cheated or they lied to God. But do we ever take time to ask ourselves, what could have caused them to make that decision? Amen. What was running through Ananias' mind to say, okay, yes, we'll give? Because previously in chapter 4, we are told that the disciples, some of them, in order to help the believers within the community, they sold what they had and brought everything to the feet of the disciples so that it can be shared to everyone. And here comes Ananias and Sapphira also making that public decision to say, we'll sell whatever we have and we'll bring the proceeds to the church or to the feet of the disciples. But 
I was trying to imagine, Safira, by the way, means beauty. Like, how can beauty agree <laughs> with something that is contrary to what the name would mean? Amen. It's a beautiful thing to obey God. But here comes Ananias, and they sell the land, quite all right. But what was the motive, really? Was it for them to be known as, oh, there's a couple. They pledged that they'll sell everything they have, and they'll bring it to the Lord. Was it for fame? Was it for maybe a reputation in the community? That, oh, that's a couple that sold the land, and they brought to the Lord. What was the motive? What is our motive in taking a stand for Jesus? What is it that will motivate us to really stand for Christ? Is it what he's bringing to our table? Or is it what uh, the reputation of being known as a Christian comes with? Amen? Food for thought. But here is a couple that makes a decision and say, we will sell, and they go ahead and sell, but something happens. They do not bring everything to the Lord. They keep part of it, and they agree that this is the statement we're going to say to Peter. Amen. But what we learn from there is that lying to the Holy Spirit simply means we deprive ourselves of life. He is the spirit of truth. Amen. Before you even think of that lie, he already knew. And this is why Peter addresses Ananias and Sapphira by saying, why have you done this thing? If you think you are doing it to man, it is not to man that you are doing it to. This lie is a lie to the Holy Spirit. But why are you lying to the Holy Spirit? So to lie to the spirit of truth is to deprive ourselves of of life. Amen. And that is what we see that comes next with Ananias. The next thing we see is that he's, he falls down dead and the men carry him out. And according to the Jewish tradition, it wasn't cruel that they just carried the man and went to bury him. According to the Jews, they couldn't keep a dead body for long in the same vicinity where they were. They had to immediately get rid of the dead body. Amen. And here comes the wife. So if we're a couple, let's be careful eh? what we agree on. <laughs> we take a stand together, yes, but in the right direction. Amen. I think God wouldn't put two people who should also see, think the same way or allow the one to lead you into a ditch without you saying, ah, there's something wrong. No, but two heads are better than one because we'll be able to advise each other better. Amen. But, and, I mean, Safira gave in and they agreed. I think she was going to enjoy that part of the money as well. Wrong motive. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, wrong motive. Amen. Stand for Jesus with the correct motive. Praise the Lord. And for us to really fulfill our mission in his commission, we need to have the correct motive. Amen. Are we serving because men should see us? Are we carrying out our mission, his commission, as our mission so that we can be applauded? What is the motive? Praise the Lord. But we, in the story, the wife also reaps the same as the husband. 
she, is she died instantly, and she was also taken out. And this act of what happened, yes, it was the judgment of God, but it could have been different if both of them had acted in the right direction, if both had decided to take a stand for Jesus and instead of their own desires or their own um, greed. Amen. Praise the Lord. And the Bible says that this situation brought about the fear of God within the church. Amen. Not to when talk about they are scared of God, but a reverence to the fact that God sees all things. So God, even the word of God tells us that uh, it's in Hebrews uh, 4 verse 12. It tells us that the word of God is sharper than any two double-edged sword, right? It pierces through and it's able to separate bone from marrow. Amen? And also search the very intent of our thoughts. That's the power of the word. And that's what the Lord is able to do to us. Amen. So when we take a stand for Christ, we open the word and allow it to set apart, to put asunder anything, to separate anything that would derail us from his purpose, from his plan, and from his commission. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Okay. So now, with that said, the chapter 5 is not just about Ananias and Sapphira. So now we move on to what happens next uh, to the lives now of the disciples. And this brings me, I think, to the first point in our discussion this morning. We're looking at taking a stand for Jesus. And the first thing that we need to do to take a stand for Jesus is... Five lessons from this scripture is to take what? Courage. Let's read uh, Acts chapter 5, 25 to 32. Acts chapter 5, 25 to 32. How did the disciples take courage in the midst of the persecution that was going on? Amen. Acts chapter 2, I mean Acts chapter 5, verse 20. 5 to 32. All right. Then someone came and said, look, the men you put in jail are standing in the temple courts teaching the people. At that, the captain went with his officers and brought their apostles. They did not use force because they feared that the people would stone them. 27. The apostles were brought in and made to appear before the Sanhedrin to be questioned by the high priest. We gave you strict orders not to teach in this name, he said. Yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and are, de excuse me, and are determined to make us guilty of this man's blood. 29. Peter and the other apostles replied, We must obey God rather than human beings. Praise the Lord. We must obey God rather than human beings. So prior to this arrest, the disciples were informed not to preach in the name of Jesus. Amen. And they were even at one point arrested. But the Lord had sent an angel and he opened the door for them. The, the jails, the, the cells, right? 
He opened the prison doors for them, and they walked out. And the instruction they were given was, go back. And what? In the temple courts. And continue preaching this word to the people. But we see it would take courage when you have been previously arrested for you to go back and do the same thing that would lead you to jail. Amen. But these men, we see from their lives that they took a stand for Jesus. They risked everything they had, their names, their reputation, and they went ahead and preached in the name of Jesus. And here comes another arrest, and they never resisted. They went in, praise the Lord. They were courageous enough to stand for Jesus that they went in before the Sanhedrin to be questioned, and their answer was still, we cannot listen to man. But to obey who? We are not to obey man, but to obey who? So when we decide to take a stand for Jesus, our allegiance is not to ourselves. Our allegiance is to God. Praise the Lord. When we decide to take a stand for Jesus, we obey God above everything. Praise the Lord. Even just the same as uh, in the days of Paul, as we read about, there was a system set that was actually against what uh, Peter was preaching, that was against what the disciples stood for. Even today, the systems of the world are there, and they exist, and they're against preaching the word of God in its entirety. Amen. But what would distinguish us from everyone else is when we take a stand for Jesus and decide to obey him more than to obey the system. Praise the Lord. And it's difficult, probably for people who work. You find that, ah, way, this is what we do. Or in school, this is what we do. We, we disobey or we dodge or we do certain things that are contrary to what the system will require you to do. But as a Christian... When you have decided to take a stand, be different. And this will actually distinguish you. And being different is what I was saying in the introduction. It is costly. Amen. It is costly to be different, but it is worth it. Praise the Lord. Because you know that you are not obeying man, but you are obeying God. The Bible says to put your trust in man, it is a snare. Praise the Lord. Because the arm of flesh, it will fail you. But if you stand on Jesus, if you take a stand for Jesus, you will never be disappointed. Praise the Lord. Friends may run away from you. But if you take a stand for Jesus Christ, he will never fail you. Amen. Praise the Lord. And so that's the courage the disciples had. They knew to stand with Jesus. They had a backing from heaven. And that's why their statement was, we will not obey man, but we will obey God. Praise the Lord. So to be courageous enough and take a stand for Jesus is to obey God rather than man. Amen. And we see another, in the Bible, a group of three men that took a stand for Jesus. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were so bold and courageous to say King Nebuchadnezzar even if our God should not deliver us in this we would not bow 
Praise the Lord. We will not give in to what your demand as a man is, but we would rather obey God. Praise the Lord. And they were thrown in a furnace. Guess what? There were not only three. Nebuchadnezzar witnessed it and walked to where they were thrown in the fire. And he says he saw four men, but he had thrown in three men. Heaven came down. God is a consuming fire. So even wherever they throw you, he says he's I am. If they have trapped you in that trap, he's able to unlock. The same way he supernaturally released the disciples from prison. It doesn't matter the situation you could be facing. God is able, amen, to free you from that. God is able to change any circumstance. In the fire, he showed up. Praise the Lord. Isaiah 42 encourages us. He says that when you go through the fire, it will not burn you. Praise the Lord. When you go through waters, they will not drown you. Amen. The floods, they will not sweep over you. Praise the Lord. Why? Because he says, I am in there with you. Praise the Lord. Amen. So when we take a stand for Jesus, we need to be courageous. And, jo and uh, we find it also in Joshua 1, verse 8, where the Lord charges Joshua. Joshua's leader had just died. What was Joshua to do? Everything around him definitely could have discouraged him. But he was encouraged to do what? Be strong and be of good courage. Praise the Lord. Be strong and be of good courage. Tell your neighbor, be strong and be of good courage. Amen. When you take a stand for Jesus, be strong and be of good courage because he is there with you. Praise the Lord. And we move to the second. When you take a stand for Jesus, there is conflict. Amen. There is what? Conflict. There is conflict. Every time you decide to be different from everyone else that surrounds you, there will be conflicting thoughts within you. Amen. But let's see, what did, what did the disciples do? 26 to 28, praise the Lord. At that, the captain went with his officers and brought the apostles. They did not use force. Uh, the apostles were brought in and made to appear before Sanhedrin, but they were determined to make us, uh, forgive me, he said, yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and are determined to make us guilty of this man's blood. Even though these, um, so when they heard this, they were furious and wanted to put them to, to death. See, the system of the world will accuse you of uh, you saying the wrong things about them. And this is what happens with the apostles. Sanhedrin and the teachers of the law accuse them to say, you keep saying we killed this man. But it was true. Jesus Christ died in the hands of who? The religious leaders, isn't it? Hello? We've been reading Acts 10. And we've read the Bible, praise the Lord. Jesus died in the hands of the religious leaders. Amen. And so there was no wrong in, in the disciples saying, you led to the death of this Christ that we actually preach about. So even if you killed him, he rose from the dead. And we will talk about him. Because he's the one who brings salvation to man. 
like we, we, we read in Acts 4, he says there's no other name given to man by which we can be saved except the name Jesus. Amen. So there, the conflict was that they were being accused, that you're accusing us of killing this same Jesus you keep talking about. But we want you to stop talking about this, preaching in this, uh, this Jesus' name. And they actually just said in the name. Stop preaching about this name. Amen. But we know that name. It is the name of Jesus. It is a strong tower where we can run to and we are delivered and we are saved. Amen. It is the name of Jesus that every demon, when it hears it, it has to flee. It is the name that you call upon and situations have to bow to that name. Praise the Lord. It is the name of Jesus that brings deliverance and salvation to us. So now, do not be conflicted, but trust in the name of Jesus. Amen? Do not be what? Conflicted. When you take a stand, let the ones that are accusing you be the ones to have the confliction within them. Because they're the ones bringing the accusation. And the Bible tells us who is the ringleader of accusation. Who is the accuser of the brethren? Who is the accuser of the brethren? It is certain. Amen. So when accusations arise, don't even move. Don't even be shaken. Just know, I know the source. Amen. And proceed with your life. But remember, keep a stand for Jesus. When the accuser rises, the Bible in Isaiah promises us, it says that the Lord will silence whoever is accusing us. Amen. He will condemn whatever accusation is coming our way. He promises that this is our inheritance as children of God, as those that have believed and are righteous in the Lord. Amen. The accuser of the brethren will rise and is around. Amen. They'll accuse you, and everybody will think you actually did it. Because some of us, our characters, <laughs> will give us, will, will make people believe. Amen. Because you talk too much, and somebody will say, no, it's the one who said it. They, they won't argue. They'll say, ah, yes, he, yes, she can do that, or he can do that. Because she talks too much, praise the Lord. But the truth is, if you never said it, the accuser will, will be able to accuse you, yes. But the truth is that the truth will always come out, and it will always show up. And you need not to defend yourself. How I love the word of God. The Bible says, you will be brought before these teachers. Jesus warned the disciples before time. Amen? That you will be arrested, and they will question you, and they will bring you and accuse you of things. But be not troubled, because in that moment when you are being questioned, the Holy Spirit will speak through you. Amen. The Holy Spirit will do what? He will speak through you. And when the Spirit of God speaks through you, he speaks truth. Praise the Lord. When the Spirit of God speaks through you, he speaks truth. That will also bring down the accusation that has been raised against you. Praise the Lord. So don't hold on to the conflict or accusation that the enemy will bring to you. But take a stand for Jesus, no matter the conflict. Praise the Lord. So within themselves, the teachers of the law, as they were trying to fight what Christ and what God had begun doing through the Holy Spirit, in the lives of these apostles, a teacher within them, known as Gamaliel, rose up and he spoke to them, said, you, 
guys. He gathered the people. Guys, let's talk. This that you are fighting. Hmm? If it is by the works of man, it will not go anywhere. Praise the Lord. So, the system of the world, because of your assignment, because of my assignment, because of the, my mission within his commission, will compromise, praise the Lord, to accommodate me. Ha. Okay, that hit me. Praise the Lord. Say, so the systems of the world will have to compromise to accommodate my assignment. Amen. How many believe that with me? The system of the world will have to compromise. Whether it's a company, it's a school, wherever you will be, because God has taken you there for an assignment. They will have to compromise to accommodate you to carry forth his commission. Praise the Lord. Amen. So Gamaliel sits his, his people down and he says, listen, there was this one that rose. Where are they? They are dead. There's another one that rose that became famous among us. Where are they? They are dead. So if this what these men are doing, if it's the movement that they are busy pushing, if it's in their own strength, it will fail. It will not go anywhere. But if it is by God and you are fighting it, you won't be fighting this man, but you will be fighting against God. Guess what? Every God movement still lives. Every movement of God, every assignment ordained by God in our lives, it still lives on. Amen. Because by now, I don't think Open Church would have been five years old. If it wasn't a God movement. Praise the Lord. And everybody's quiet. But it's the truth. It wouldn't have been five years. It would have probably died in its first anniversary. And everybody gone. And there have been people. They come and they, and they go. But it lives on because it's a God movement. Amen? Amen? Tell yourself, even us as individuals, you are a God movement. The fact that you're here, the fact that you've taken a step and received Christ as your Lord and Savior, instantly... You went in into God's plan and purpose for your life. And because for as long as you are still alive, God can still move through you. Amen. And if you're a God movement and your life is surrendered to God and you take a stand for Jesus, come, they say, high water. <laughs> come, high water. Come, whatever. It will not move you because of the purpose and assignment of God in your life. Praise the Lord. So that's a compromise. Eventually, they let go of the disciples. Amen. After flogging them. Now, you can imagine. After being whipped, shouldn't you be crying? Like, God, it was you we talk about. God, it's you that I preach to my friends and they laugh at me. God, it's you that I stand and share your word and my friends shun me. Until we now church girl or church boy. Or you talk too much about the Bible. I, I remember growing up, that's what they used to say. Elizabeth, you can't say anything without saying, but the Bible says. But the Bible says, Akoka Bible says. But <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I lost some, I want more. Amen. Because I belong to the family of God. So even if people walked out of my life or made fun of me, here I am today. Praise the Lord. And here you are. Praise the Lord. Maybe even family laughed at you. If you are the first one to be born again, praise the Lord. They probably made fun of you. At, ah, 
But take a stand for Jesus. Because they will join in that movement. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. They will keep at it. Pray and cry for them. Lord, what I have found, they should find. Because I've taken a stand for you. Praise the Lord. So when they moved on after the compromise, systems will compromise for you. But guess what? We have the Holy Spirit who is our comforter. There was comfort. But imagine, they stood for Jesus. That's why comfort came. The Bible in Matthew, uh, when we look at the life of Jesus, when he was taken after the, the Holy Spirit shows up, he rested on him. He was taken into the wilderness. The Bible says after being tempted, there were ministering angels who came through. They were bringing comfort. Amen. In each and every season of our lives, doesn't matter what we are facing. The Lord will always bring comfort. Amen. And that's why the Bible says that when you have suffered a little, you have suffered a little. Not much, eh? You have just suffered a little. Then God will establish you. Praise the Lord. And he's the God of all comfort. Meaning, it doesn't matter the situation you're going through. It doesn't matter what is going on in your life. God will show up as the comfort in your life. Amen. But we see the disciples' comfort. Let's read Acts chapter, four, Acts chapter 5, verse 40 and 41. Okay, so the Jewish council, I'll read from the Amplified. I'm sure they've put it on there. The council, the Sanhedrin, the Jewish high court, took his advice, Gamaliel's advice. After summoning the apostles, they flogged them. And ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus. And they released them. So they left the council rejoicing that they had been considered worthy. Dignified by indignity. Wow. Dignified by indignity to suffer shame for the sake of his name. Praise the Lord. When you take a stand for Jesus, there will definitely be moments when you'll be disgraced. There will be moments when you'll be humiliated. There will be moments when situations will not favor you. Amen. But what is your heart response in that moment? Amen. What is your heart response in that moment? The disciples, after being beaten, rose up and rejoiced that for the sake of the name of Jesus, we have received these lashes or we have been flogged. Amen. What is our response in taking a stand for Jesus? May we rejoice in whatever we're going through. Amen. May we rejoice in everything that we're facing or everything that will come our way as a result of taking a stand for Jesus. Amen. Paul said, I would rather that I live rather to know God more, right? And to also participate in what? His suffering. Amen. Amen. So that I know more about him. Praise the Lord. And this is what the disciples were going through. They suffered in the hands of the teachers of the law. They were whipped. But the Bible tells us that they rejoiced. They were comforted in the fact that they have flogged us, not because we did wrong, but we stood for what was right. Praise the Lord. When you stand for what is right, when you decide to be different, yes, they will laugh at you. 
They will talk about you. Praise the Lord. But stand. Amen. The Bible encourages us. After you've done all that you can do, do what? Stand. Stand in the power of God's might. Amen. Praise the Lord. And then, commitment. Wow. Are you committed to his commission and making it your mission? Are we committed to his commission and making it our mission? Praise the Lord. The Bible says in verse 42, and every single day in the temple, in the temple area and in homes, they did not stop teaching and telling the good news of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. Amen. What is your commitment? I'm challenging each and every one of us today. If you had made a commitment for Christ and you got distracted or got derailed, the Lord is reminding us to once again take that stand, to commit to him. Amen. He's, and the first thing to do in order to stand for Jesus, the first stand we can do is to make him our Lord and our Savior. Praise the Lord. When we make him our Lord and our Savior, we'll receive the comfort. We'll have courage. We'll face anything that will come our way. Praise the Lord. Because we have his backing and we have his comfort and we have his very presence to go with us and to be with us. Praise the Lord. I'd request each and every one of us to stand and to just to take a moment and reflect on your life. What are you committing to this morning? What stand are you committing to this morning? Amen. Is it a stand of courage? Is it a stand of, co of commitment to the Lord? Is it a stand to receive him as your Lord and Savior and this time to make it permanent to follow him?